You're listening to the Commerce That Matters podcast, the show dedicated to brands that care about the products that they put out into the world and are thoughtful in all they do. We'll deep dive into the minds of the most innovative and insightful leaders in the e-commerce world on what's trending from chatbots to artificial intelligence, sustainability, data, and analytics. Here's your host, Anshay Batia. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Commerce That Matters, the e-commerce podcast centered around brands that care about the products they're putting out into the world and are thoughtful uh, about everything that they do in the retail space. This is our first ever podcast, and we are thrilled to be joined by Ben Parr of Octane. Uh, So, Ben, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. I'm honored. Thank you. So we'd love to start with uh, just you letting us know a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, what you're doing now, and what your vision for the retail world is. Hi, my name is Ben. I like long walks on the beach, candlelit dinners. Oh, uh, I guess you want my professional bio. So uh, I, my original claim to fame is I was the co-editor and editor at Large and Mashable at age 24. So for four years, I ran the West Coast, opened the West Coast office, wrote 2,446 articles, um, and just got to meet everyone in the world of technology, media, entertainment, you name it. I did that for a long time in Silicon Valley. Then I left. I invested a bunch of startups. I then wrote a book called Captivology on the Science and Psychology of Attention, why we pay attention to certain people and products and how to utilize that science to captivate others. I started a column with CNET, um, and then I toured the country with the book. I did that for a year, joined a couple of boards, and then about two years ago now, uh, I co-founded a company called Octane AI, which helps stores and businesses communicate with their customers over Facebook Messenger and other conversational apps. It helps them engage in conversational commerce because those customers have moved away from email and moved away from communicating over social and they spend most of their time in these conversational mediums, whether it's messaging or voice. And so it's inevitable that stores will need to figure out a way to communicate with those customers. But it's not just that, but that you can have a two-way conversation, not just hey, I'm blasting you with a discount, but actually learn more about your customer, recommend the right products, automate the same kinds of things that you did over email, but over a medium that they open. And so I guess if you're talking about what I see the kind of the re, like retail space going, I kind of think of it as rather than just a one-way blast, becoming a two-way conversation. That's great. And uh, you've gotten into this a little bit already, but uh, given that you started Octane uh, a few years ago, you know, what was the impetus to, to start it? Um, and why is customer service so, so important to you? So we originally started Octane AI, I think in, you need to be where your customers are. And we saw this opportunity to make a better consumer experience and shopping experience by using conversation and reducing the friction that happens in shopping. Because right now when you're trying to shop online, you get bombarded with tons of pop-ups and there's all sorts of like different steps you had to take when really you could just have a quick conversation and even an automated one, like the ones that we provide and figure out what product you want and easily purchase the product without 
ever leaving your Facebook Messenger or ever leaving your Alexa. It becomes not a replacement of the store, but an, like a new channel for distribution and enhancement. And so uh, it's kind of what we've been working on and building for the last couple of years. And I think it makes both the store experience and the end consumer experience better. That's great. And, and given all of that, uh, you know, we, we always like to say that customer service is the new marketing. Uh, and obviously, you've yes. just discussed about how it's, a, it's really a two-way street, has become that way for, for several years, but the future is going towards a more automated marketing uh, uh, environment for customers. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how customer service and marketing are either similar or how they interplay with each other? Let me give you an example, I guess. Uh, one of our customers is Pure Cycles. They're a big bike retailer. They use Shopify. Uh, they have their bikes in hundreds of stores across the world. They use Octane AI to help answer a lot of the common questions people have about bikes and bicycles. You know, what kind of bike should I be buying? What kind of uh, bike is best for the terrain where I live. Uh, lots of questions that typically come up. What's your return policy? And rather than having to wait, you know, 24 hours for an answer or even an hour, you can get those answers instantly. And so I think that's one major way in which customer service is greatly improved because it's instantaneous. And a lot of these questions are questions that can be answered immediately. And for those that aren't, you can have that conversation using our software or others uh, with a human over messaging. And I do think, like, again, it's a two-way street. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest issues with marketing in general today, which is when you send out a newsletter and you're saying, like, we've got a sale, it's a one-way kind of thing. It's all about you. It's all about what you're selling rather uh, than what, you know, what we do, what you can do over messaging, which is instead of here's a discount, it's saying, like, let me help you find the right product. But like L'Oreal, for example, they use our software to recommend products for their Kiel stores. So they'll ask questions like, what kind of skin do you have? What's the weather where you're at? Uh, what gender are you? Um, and then they will recommend a specific product or series of products based on those things. And you could purchase them right there. It's That's actually personalized. That's actually much more relevant than just an email blast. So rather than getting 50 emails, you can have two really like uh, useful messages that are happen because of that back and forth because – uh, of that customer support of that two-way conversational element. Yeah. So what you're really doing is building a customer profile along the way, which is part of customer service so that you can uh, achieve uh, a higher level of personalization for that customer. Um, you mentioned a few different implementations. Are there any unique customer service implementations that uh, you've worked on or that you've been aware of uh, that, you know, are, are a little bit out of the ordinary uh, but they've proven to be extremely uh, useful and beneficial for the brands. That's a really good question. And I do actually, shocking, I have an answer for that one. That's so good. GoPro. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to just do my examples. It's just the ones I know best. But GoPro, for example, is a customer of Octane. And they invested a lot of time into building these really detailed conversations that for troubleshooting all sorts of different issues that you could possibly have with any of your cameras. And so if you're trying to get like an answer immediately to a problem, you can have a conversation with GoPro on their Facebook page and it will ask you all sorts of questions. What kind of 
what kind of camera do you have? What kind of specific issue? It'll recommend different products. It'll recommend different uh, solutions. And if none of those work, then it will definitely connect you with uh, a human. And so that's been really popular with GoPro's customers. A lot of people message GoPro just to like troubleshoot and figure it out. And I think part of it too is because, you know, you might have a simple question that you might feel embarrassed about talking to a human about, but you're not going to have that same kind of embarrassment with an automated bot or anything like that. And so that's like one example where they really built it for the customer service kind of element to like help automate the answering of questions and connect with more of their customers if those if those answers didn't satisfy. Um, and they've done a really good job with it. A lot of the, the talk you've, or a lot of the implementations you've mentioned have been centered around bots and automatic responses. Are there any other areas uh, that you see as becoming prominent or what do you see as the next step uh, going beyond bots where they are today? There's a lot of different ways in which it could go. So a couple of things I think about. One, I don't. you always have to have a piece of the human element, 100%. And so you can't replace a human with a bot. You, the bot is like an enhancement. It's kind of like what you're doing is like there's these common kinds of things, and then you can enhance it with you know a human coming in at the right time, the human handoff. I guess what I see is stores being more personalized and smarter about the way in which they communicate with their customers and their prospective customers. Like I really dislike getting on emails that are just about products that I'm never going to buy and it just feels like I'm getting them every single week. And I think a lot of people are turned off by that too. I think you – with this future of not just messaging but as an example voice or – if you want some crazier ideas, like eventually when like Elon Musk comes up with this crazy brain interface, like you'll be able to have like a real conversation with a store, you know, in real time and it will actually get you the product that you actually want or it will stop bothering you if there's no product you actually want and it'll be a much more intuitive experience. It won't mm-hmm. take as long to complete the purchase. It'll be the right purchase. You won't buy a whole bunch of things that weren't right for you. It will make the entire – I think that the shopping experience is going to get a lot better. I also think that you're going to see um, kind of as an aside to that uh, more of an emphasis on the personality of a store or a store's brand. I think that's kind of becoming more prominent you know, as a differentiator from the Amazons and Walmarts of the world uh, that are aggregating lots and lots of different stores and products. Having a strong brand, having a approachable brand uh, is more critical than ever, and it's going to become, I think, a central tenant of retail and of commerce in the next couple of years. And I think this conversational element, messaging and voice um, and email and everything and customer service are going to play a big factor in uh, which of these brands really thrives in the new era and which ones kind of fall by the wayside because – they didn't adopt the new technologies or move to where their customers are. Great, great. Now switching gears a little bit, how can brands get caught up to today? I know we're talking, we've just talked a lot about the future, but a lot of brands are maybe feeling overwhelmed even as it stands today. Um, How do you think that people could, uh, or brands could actually get into uh, today's world and be highly effective uh, with bots as they stand, with, customer service being more automated, et cetera. I mean, the first thing I think in general is 
to just get started. And so your customers are on these conversational mediums. They're, you know, they're in other places. You need to go to where they are and even just start experimenting. Just start that conversation, even if it's just the most simplest of implementations. Maybe it's just a few common answers to questions. Maybe it's just a recommending products. Maybe it's even just, you know, uh, implementing uh, abandoned carts over messaging rather than over email um, and just getting started. I think that's one of the first things. And then the second thing is just like personalizing the experience for the end consumer, not just over what we do, but over the website and in, in store. And so I think, again, uh, you want to learn about like, what are the products that each individual customer is actually looking for? You know, do they actually don't recommend a product for oily skin to someone who only has dry skin and vice versa. I think, you know, uh, have more conversations with your customers, whether it's in person in the store or it's through a bot or it's on the website with, or some other or over email and just learn more about each one and, you know, build systems to store that information so that you can make better product recommendations so that you can send them the right message at the right time so that you can make their shopping experience better and that they walk away with you know, I got something that I really liked and I really loved and they were really helpful and they were responded quickly. Those are all the kinds of things that build up a brand over time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what you're really saying is just dive in in whatever way you can and grow from there. And don't don't be scared of, of starting that conversation or don't feel overwhelmed by all of the other things that you have to do because starting that conversation is extremely vital for your growth. Yes. I think the other thing is definite is track your stats. And so, you know, I think the best products really put their, you know, the stats front and center, you know, what's your engagement rate? What's your conversion rate? What's the revenue you made from each of these products? Um, And definitely choose products that sync with your other existing, uh, the other tools that you use. Um, I think one issue that I hear a lot from a lot of retailers and a lot of uh, e-commerce professionals is there's a lot of vendors and these products that they build don't talk with each other. And so it's hard to add a new one if that data is going to be siloed. You know, we, we build integrations with a lot of the tools that a lot of the other stores use because of that, because we don't want that data to be siloed. We, you know, you want, for example, your messen- the stuff you learn on Messenger to integrate with your email software, whether it's MailChimp or Klaviyo or something else, so that you can send better campaigns and you can sync that information with your CRM. So... Uh, use tools that like don't just silo your data and really track the stats because that's what's going to give you information on what to do next. You can quickly figure out this campaign worked, this campaign didn't work. Consumers really liked this suggestion. They really didn't like the suggestion. Data is your friend. Got it. No, that we, we believe in the same philosophy. We uh, implement data-driven design in every site that we design and build and we take that data and use it and, and apply it. So uh, you're preaching to the choir here, but it, it's what you can't, what you don't measure, you can't improve upon. And so you absolutely have to uh, track that data. I agree completely. Uh, moving on, I'd love to hear uh, what are some of your favorite resources? What are some blogs that you read, books that you read, books that you've written? Um, anything that you <laughs> feel strongly about in terms of uh, favorite resources and extremely relevant resources as it uh, relates to? Uh, customer service and 
uh, and that entire experience for customers. All right. I'll get my plugs out of the way quickly and then I'll talk about some others that I like to read or listen to. So I can appreciate uh, you, that. It, that sounds good. As you, kind of, as you kind of alluded to, I wrote a book called Captology on the science and psychology of attention, why we pay attention to certain people and products and how to utilize that science to captivate others. So I go through the cycle of how attention works at a scientific level. And then I go through a series of seven triggers that captivate our attention, um, regardless of where you live or what culture you're from. It's a psychological principles. I interviewed over a hundred different PhDs and business leaders, everyone from Sheryl Sandberg to David Copperfield uh, as part of my research for the book. I think it's very applicable if you're in commerce and you're trying to get the attention of consumers. I think they'll find, you'll find a lot of the tactics and a lot of the information and the science really relevant and really useful. Um, Octane AI actually produces a publication called e-commerce magazine, e-commerce-mag.com, where we write about uh, e-commerce trends, profiles of e-commerce, entrepreneurs, tips and guides for e-commerce. Um, and so that's a, I think, very relevant kind of piece of information and publication for everyone here. But I think rather than, I think, you know, other suggestions, I think there's like certain books where you kind of dive into the psychology of your customers. And so books like Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, for example, may not be specifically about e-commerce, but they will teach you a lot about the psychology of your customers and they will give you new ideas about how to build a better experience for your customers, about how to build a better campaign for your customers, about how they think. And so I think these kinds of, I think learning more about how your customers think and make decisions will help you make better decisions with your business. Great. Extremely helpful. Thank you very much, Ben. Now a little rapid fire round before we close out. Nice. Uh, so I, number one, I'd like to ask you what obstacles did you uh, personally face in your career and how did you overcome them? There's been so many. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I remember, I remember once years ago, I tried my, like started my first company, my first real company after Mashable. Uh, and we just realized what we were building wasn't a great idea. Like it was, we ended up building what looked like a, another social analytics product. And that wasn't what we intended to do. And I realized it wasn't going to work. And it was really diff. It was like, I, I remember like, like sitting on my couch, rocking back and forth, like feeling like I was going to die. And this is, I think, a moment that every entrepreneur goes through on their path to success or their path to failure, to be honest. And for me, I think like I could have let that completely deter me from starting another company. I could have let that deter me from doing anything. Uh, but, you know, I, I persevered. I pressed on. Uh, like we decided not to continue with that company and it was the right decision. But I, I was able to do the book because of that. I got to do Octane because of that. Um, I learned a lot from that experience, even if that thing wasn't successful. And so one of the big things was, is just simply perseverance. You know? You're going to be like punched in the face when you're doing something like that. You just have to get up. Got it. Great. Uh, what motivates you every morning? <coughs> Not sneezing. God bless but... you. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. Oh, the live, the live podcast. Um, <laughs> my team, definitely. And 
they're amazing people and I want to do right by them as much as I can. Um, learning something new every day, new challenge, new opportunity. I've learned so much more in the last two years than I feel like I've learned at any other point in my life, being an entrepreneur, building a company, um, and then cut, uh, like making our customers really happy, helping them solve their problems. It's a real joy to see them like write really great reviews of our product or rave about it to their friends. That's really gratifying. It means that we made a real impact on their lives and on their customers. Great. And since you mentioned walks on the beach being one of your favorite things to do, what is your favorite beach? No, that's easy. Thailand, uh, specifically the beaches uh, next to Sea Raja and Bang San, which is about an hour and a half south of Bangkok. Mm -hmm. I... It's just, it's hard to describe without being there and just like having fresh fish while the sun is setting in perfect weather with a, like a little bit of a breeze. It's, it's magical. I've, I've been in the region myself and I know exactly what you mean. Last question. Where can people find you? They can find me on this planet or no. Okay. So. I'm at Ben Parr, B-E-N-P-A-R-R, on every social platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, you name it, it I'm there, Captivology.com or on Amazon, and you can find uh, my website at BenParr.com. There's lots of ways to find me. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Ben, for being our first podcast guest. It was an absolute pleasure uh, we learned a lot today about customer service and how it relates to marketing, the future of customer service, and much more. So thank you again for your time and your energies today, and uh, have a great day. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Take care. Thanks.